This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. On today's episode of After the Snap, we have an interview with Miami Dolphins wide receiver Jalen Waddell. We will also be covering some recent NFL headlines. We will cover all of that and more on today's episode. Let's go. Every snap is an interview. After the snap. What a snap. And keep your mouth shut, 50. I lead by example. With Blake and Reed Ferguson discussing life in, out, and after football. To be able to leave walking away with a degree and a championship, uh, it couldn't be any better. Yeah! Well, you can take this boy out the real south on a bunch of can't take the real south out of my voice. And now here we go again, twist a little bit deeper because you got thick skin. So, Blake, I saw a couple days ago um, the NFL obviously trying to take over just every holiday, every month of the year possible. I mean, you think the off season they they own the off season. You know, February you got the combine. That's the middle of NBA season and NHL season. People are worried about the combine. March you got free agency bonanza. April May leading up to the draft, the schedule. July, you're starting to get into training camp, and then August, you're starting it off all over again. And it's, every, you know, major headline on every news story every morning on every TV channel. But I saw the, this article talking about the NFL playing on Christmas this year and how basically, the, obviously, the NBA has made that into a major tradition. And the NFL basically said the Mike Tomlin GIF, we do not care. I don't know how it will affect the NBA numbers, but this will just be another holiday that the NFL will just swallow up and make their own. And the article that Reed is referring to, there's going to be 11 Christmas Eve games this year. And then I think that's Which will Christmas be on Eve. Saturday. Yeah, 11 games on Christmas Eve. And then that's also including a night game on NFL Network. And then on Christmas, there's the triple header. And then they will actually close that weekend with still keeping the Monday night football slot on December 26th. I mean, it'll be a huge weekend of football. I remember growing up watching NBA on Christmas. It was a lot of times it was Kobe versus LeBron. And, you know, I haven't watched that in, in several years, the NBA on, on Christmas day, but I have to think that this is going to be incredibly detrimental to the the NBA viewership on December. 20th. I mean, it, it, there's no other way to go about it. The NFL takes over wherever they go. They own Thanksgiving. They own the off season. They own basically the whole fall. I mean, you look at the top a hundred shows every year, I think top a hundred shows of, of 2021, 80 or 85 of them were NFL games. And one of them was the Super Bowl. Uh, obviously, like top, you know, top was the Super Bowl or whatever. I mean, it's just, I mean, the, and, and then there's another report of, of the NFL. The, the Amazon is trying to buy an NFL game to play on uh, Black Friday. Again, another holiday 
that the NFL is trying to take over when they, 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 that's two, that'll be two days in a row. Thanksgiving, obviously one of the biggest days of the NFL year. Three, you call them three primetime games. I mean, I think they're primetime because everybody's watching and nobody else is playing and nobody's working. Followed up the next day with a Black Friday game on Amazon Prime. And that's just another, another holiday takeover. What I do think is interesting about this whole Christmas Day ordeal is that they put so many of the, of the games that week on Christmas Eve. Christmas this year falls on a Sunday. So those are all going to be Saturday games. Why not just put all of those, keep all of those on Sunday at one o'clock and then, you know, continue to have your two afternoon and one Sunday night game as would be regularly scheduled. What's the, what's the thinking behind moving all of those games to the day before? Because you can get, I mean, money talks. And I think the, the idea behind it is, you can get roughly the same viewership as you would on a normal Sunday on Christmas Eve, on that Saturday. You know people are going to be home. They're going to be tuning into all their local games, right, on, on, on that Saturday. So it's going to be that Christmas Eve day, Saturday, is going to be like a normal NFL Sunday. But the NFL played its hand nicely and now they can fully set up they, with the advertisements, the marketing, every, they can put a ton of money into, uh, like I said, advertising those Christmas Day games, you know, running those ads and getting those games going up against, like we, like we mentioned, those NBA games to take the viewership away from the NBA and basically turn that Sunday into not a normal NFL Sunday, but it's Christmas. It's a special holiday. It's a, you know, it'd be like if Thanksgiving landed on on a Sunday, right? They'd still do the same thing. They would because just hog the whole weekend, right? Of they, would hog, they, would, they, they would move all the games to Sunday and one yep. or Saturday and one game to Monday and have prime time, a couple prime time games on Sunday afternoon because they know everybody's home and everybody's going to be watching. So it's just another way for them to capitalize on the viewership because they're going to get the same number of viewers on that Saturday, Christmas Eve, as they would on any normal week slate of NFL games that they would on, on any normal Sunday. They can just get the same thing on Saturday. Now they can advertise in the market that they are playing on Christmas. I mean, it looks like the NFL isn't done announcing big games and, and big dates in the near future. I mean, Thursday night football game, the first Thursday night football game is going to be announced on the first night of the draft. The international games, London and uh, Munich this year, going to be announced on May 4th. And then, as you mentioned earlier, NFL coming to Black Friday as well. Definitely in this year, maybe even next year. The, the NFL is continuing to uh, just take over every everything and everywhere, it seems like. I do a little bit of perusing when it comes to like the schedule stuff. I'm super intrigued by you know obviously the day the schedule comes out people you know twitter's going bananas over piecing together oh well you know this it's kind of like solving a sudoku puzzle where you're like well i figured out this number goes here so that means this number goes here and this you know this game goes here and you're not going to play three home games in a row or three away games in a row so this team can't move move here and we play them and we still got a division game and you know you know me you know how it goes one of the major rumors Obviously, the the Super Bowl champ kicks off that that Thursday night game, the first game of the season. 
There is a big rumor that we will be going out there to play the Rams on that first Thursday night game. I think there's some contingencies around it. You know, obviously they want the big storyline. Last year it was Bucks Cowboys, which was a great game. That Thursday night game kicking off the NFL season, you know, all eyes are watching. It's usually going to be a big game. You kind of want to attract those eyes. I think, you know, given our situation, you know, the, you know, what we're coming off of, you know, we signed Von Miller. You know, that, that's obviously a big storyline, former player that always plays well uh, with the media kind of leading up to those big primetime games. Uh, you have to think that we're definitely in the running. We play at the Rams sometime this year. So, you know, it definitely could be that first Thursday night game. So I'm, I'm, I'm anxious for this week, uh, the draft, obviously, to start and we can we can figure out who that Thursday night game is. We did talk a little bit about the draft earlier. But uh, this is draft week. This will actually be released the morning following the first round of the draft. But later in this episode, we have Miami Dolphins wide receiver Jalen Waddell, who was last year's sixth overall pick, joining us on the pod here shortly. But before we do, it's a big week, man. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking back to two years ago. There's, you know, a lot of memories that come back to – those phone calls and and just all of the, all that happens around the draft, all the anticipation and and everything you know from a both a fan perspective and a, you know two years ago for me as a player and uh, what six seven going on seven years for you uh, as a yep. player you know it's I, I'm pumped I love you know I love watching at least the first round of the draft second and third gets you know I, I usually don't watch too much on Friday and then. Saturday, we obviously like to to tune in to see which of our specialist buddies are going to be picked up. I'm really looking forward to it, and and I know you are too. You know, like you mentioned, the first night, obviously, ton of fun to watch. I saw something yesterday. Our team reporter, uh, shout out to Sal Capaccio. I think he tweeted out. I think we have the 25th pick, um, if I remember correctly. That pick is normally made. I think he tweeted like the last three years. That pick is made at like 11.06 p.m., 11.08 p.m., and then last year was like 11.20 p.m. So it's like if you're if you're watching and you're a Bills fan, you just kind of got to know, you know, it's going to be a while before the, you know, it gets to our to our to our team um, to, for that first round pick. But right. yeah, it'll be it'll be exciting. I think, except for the year obviously that you were getting drafted in 2020. I think since I've been in the league, it's kind of just like I'll watch the first night to kind of see who we get in the first round and then kind of just follow along on my phone and just see kind of who we take uh, and not really do as much watching on Friday and Saturday. But uh, definitely Saturday we'll be tuned in, you know, to see how many specialists get taken just because, you know, there's always a couple every year. How many picks do you all have this year? I want to say – Six or seven? I okay. I really don't know. I know we have the twenty fifth pick, but after that, after I that, don't really know. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't know. This year we have we only have four picks. This year we traded away a lot of those in the Tyreek Hill trade. We have a third round pick, a fourth round pick, and then two seventh round pick. You know, not not a whole lot of change is going to happen in the team. You know that we have in the building right now, going through phase two to you know our first game there's there won't be a whole lot of whole lot of new faces so 
Uh, and, and that was something that, that coach McDaniel uh, mentioned in, a, in his first meeting, first team meeting that we had is that, you know, these are the guys that we're going to be going to, going to battle with. So, you know, you better get to know them. I will be obviously, like you said, tuning in to, to kind of see who we end up picking and, and who's going to be sporting the aqua and orange for us this year. Well, now it is time to get into the reason that you are all here watching us, listening to us today. Well, it is time to get into the reason you are all here today. We have Miami Dolphins wide receiver Jalen Waddle joining us. He set the rookie receptions record for the NFL last year, spent three years at Alabama in the years prior. We are pumped to have him on. Here we go. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. Joining us on After the Snap this week, we have Dolphins wide receiver Jalen Waddle. Jalen, we are super pumped to have you on. First of all, thank you for joining us. But secondly, we've got a lot going on with the Miami Dolphins organization lately. New coach couple of new additions in the wide receiver room. Tell us how excited you are about all of the changes going on. I'm very excited. I think um, the players that we brought in, especially in the room, are great guys. They all have great character, and they work every day. So you got a room like that. It's, it's always good. I mean, you were in a super competitive wide receiver room in college, and now you're in the same type of situation here in Miami. How does being in a receiver room with guys like Tyreek and Cedric make you a better player? I mean, I think it just pushes you um, every day, push you to, you know, rise up to the challenge because, you know, they're going to bring it. So it makes you just improve every day. You're forced to improve. Yeah, Coach McDaniel uh, is somebody that has gained a lot of buzz in the media, specifically over the last couple of months as he's been, you know, the the buzz was was, uh, kind of as he was leading up to uh, being named the head coach, and and even since then, it seems like he's the next offensive, young offensive-minded head coach in the league uh, after McVeigh and Shanahan and all those guys. What are you excited about when it comes to his style of offense? Just his games. Um, he's like very, very smart. Everybody got a set job, and if you do it, it's gonna open up something. And he, the way he thinks, like thinks before. Every step is just like incredible, and that's just in a short time of, of us like working together. You can already see it. Following up from Blake's first question, talking about your receiver room, that that couple new additions in there now are who's 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 the fastest? Hey, think you, could, you know, you beat, could you beat Tyreek hey, in a race? I need to know hey, who we, wins the ten yards. Hey, we we ten yards, ten yards. I, I gotta say, I got a I got a wicked ten yards, like. I got wicked ten yards. You always got to go with yourself. Ten yard splits, nasty. You know, well, some of the some of the some of those big linemen, they can they can they're quick ten yards. But the you, longer you, you know, longer you guys take, you guys the quicker guys take over. But, yeah, um, most definitely. Nah, but yeah, me and Cheetah, we he, he's very competitive. Uh, he pushes pushes everybody every day, um, just like we push him. So it's all it's all good um, good competition, um, honestly. But yeah, I know he gonna we gonna race. Um, 
one of these days. I I did I, I did notice uh, back when we first started uh, the the phase one and we were doing the the conditioning and the the speed drills out in the indoor with with Coach Paloka. You and Cheetah were partnered up, and uh, you guys were going shot for shot. It was it was sort of a like the the race where where one guy was on his stomach and one guy was trying to catch oh. the other. You guys were going back and forth, man. It was super competitive. Yeah, yeah, it is super competitive. And, and with a guy like like that, I think he's just gonna bring that not just for the receiver room, but for the team. Um, he's yeah. just gonna add that aspect uh, to our team, which is always good. Uh, a guy that I, I grew up watching a lot, Wes Welker. But, uh, you know, had a great career in the league. Obviously, he is your new receivers coach. What are some things that you're hoping he brings to the room? Some things you're hoping to learn from him. Kind of the way, you know, are you taking anything from his style of play or are you just kind of going in with an open mind? I think, you know, he, he really like changed the game for like, especially like modern day slots. He really like is like the guy that if you want to play slot, like the modern day slot, you just look at West Worker film. So it's always good. Um, it's always good to have a coach that, that played. He can really like, really get like insightful and he's been in a player position. So he can really like go detail for detail on what you need to do. How can you, um, what you're seeing out there. So I think West knowledge for the game is just unmatched. Building on that, is he somebody you may model part of your game after? Who, who are some of those guys, you know, looking back through, you know, kind of who you watched growing up? Who, who do you try to model your game after? Like growing up, I watched all type of like receiver, receiver that. Like not even similar build to mine. Um, I, I watched all different types. Like I can start from like the Julio Joneses, the Antonio Browns, the Tyree Hills, like Santana Moss. I watched like everybody. If you was on, if you was playing on Sunday, I, I, I watched you. Sounds like you take quite a bit of, of each of those different receivers. I mean, you got the Alabama connection with Julio and, yeah, um, most you definitely. And- I would say that you and AB are very similar in the way that you guys run routes and stuff. So I, I, I can see how you might have taken a little bit from each of those guys. But you seem like you can be a pretty reserved guy in the locker room sometimes. You know, you, you have your, your buds that you, that you kind of roll with, but overall pretty, pretty reserved. Is trash talk a part of your game? And if so, what are some things that you like to do, uh, to get in the heads of, of cornerbacks and safeties? Surprise! Like I remember in college, I used to be like talking, talking like trash. But like in the league, I really don't even be saying too much for real. Like I don't really like talk tra- talk trash a lot. To to be honest, which uh, really like surprised me. I don't know. Like it, it just I don't know. I really don't even talk trash like that for real. It had to be because they were they were on you guys so much about getting back to the huddle last year that. Oh yeah, most definitely. You were so focused on getting back into the huddle. Definitely, I needed to hear all that, all the plays, all that. <laughs> so that that's a big reason. Uh, so change the subjects a little bit, kind of jumping more into the college uh, side of things. Something we have talked about a lot uh, over the past almost year or so since this uh, NIL stuff kicked in for co- uh, college athletes. Then the development of all of those rules. How do you think, you know, from guys you've talked to or maybe some of your experience uh, dealing with that, um, how do you think that'll change college sports moving forward with recruiting and guys that are at the school now and, and some of the stuff they can pursue on the personal side of things? I think it just brings another aspect of, like, recruiting. It, it's, it could be a, a good thing for, like, colleges and, and, and college players. I think it's 
like a good thing that they actually actually can make money off their likeness and things like that. But it just brings another like dynamic to recruiting. I feel like one of the first answers questions that recruits gonna ask is what are y'all doing about NIL? So I I look at it like college got it like universities got to adjust and put that more into and it's still new. So I know it's like not gonna be you know as like clean as it is it gonna be in as in a couple of years. But um, I, I like it for the players. Um, honestly, just I, I missed it by a year. Uh, from what I hear, with, all my college teammates they like it. Would you have pursued a Waffle House sponsorship? Oh yeah, most definitely. And and I eat Waffle. I, saw, I, mean, I, I saw Blake's. <laughs> I, I'm Waffle House. I used to eat Waffle House like every day. So of course I had to. I would have to. Uh, we, well, we grew up. We grew up in the headquarters of Waffle House, so we know we're we're, we're we know all about it. Blake, right. I remember back in high school Thursday nights, Blake would go out and eat two All Star specials. Hey man, that's, that's that's like great. nobody's like nobody's business. Yeah, that, that that's my go-to, right? That all-star gonna gonna do it every time. He loves Waffle House, and he's always open. That is like they match always made open. in heaven. You have to have a Waffle House endorsement deal. Right. Got to do it. Got to. <laughs> so, uh, staying on the on the college side of things, coming out of Houston, why did you pick Alabama over Texas, Texas A and M, and a few of those other schools that you were looking at? Uh, and maybe staying in state. Why did you end up in Tuscaloosa? I just feel like coming out, like everybody was telling me why I shouldn't go to Bama. Like they have, you know, um, like great receivers coming back. What's called? So I think like it was more like just the competitive side of me knowing um, I have to work for everything. Nothing was gonna be given, and um, asked me to get to the next level, the next step was um, asked me also in my mind when I made my decision to to go to uh, University of Alabama. So all that came into um, consideration when I finally decided to go. I feel like sometimes those, um, like, there's there's either the players that want to go to a school that is a completely empty position room and they want to be the, the standout guy, or you could go to, like you did, go to Alabama and you've got, you know, every first-round wide receiver under the sun in the same wide receiver room and it's only making you better a better player. Um, I feel like you see, you see kind of both of those sometimes, but you know, I gotta, gotta give you kudos because that's, I mean, you, you did have to wait your turn and, uh, it obviously paid off for you. So, but as we're kind of moving through your college career, you dealt with, you know, dealt with some injuries and, and, you know, you took a punt back on us in 2019. You, you just embarrassed me. You looked me right in the eyes and then turned and kept running. Um, you end up, uh, deciding to forego your senior year. What, uh, kind of walk us through that decision and, and why you decided to leave Alabama and, and head to the NFL. Yeah, I think it was just the, the perfect time. Um, I was coming back off of a, a injury. I just thought it was, it was the time to go. I really didn't. I mean, it was still going to be like competitive for me to come back. We still had a lot of talent and I think I, UA going to always have, you know, top of the art talent, you know. But um, I just felt like it was just, just my time to go. Um, felt like I was ready. I stacked up some good film, um, some good games. So I felt like I, it, it was that time. I feel like we didn't hit hard enough on this uh, punt return. I wanted to bring, I wanted to bring it up. I know you, I know you, you, you've dusted Blake, who is now your teammate. Have y'all, t- have y'all talked about that? I know it's, it's had to come up in the locker room. Yeah, Blake told, Blake told me. Um, but I was I was mad they didn't call it face mask. Like that's what I was I was mad about. It's supposed to be a face mask on the plate. No face mask, no nothing. 
I got to say, when I came off the field after running, I mean, it was a, it was a huge punt. Zach, I think, punted that ball like 50 something yards. I, I, I ran all the way down. Racy proceeds to grab your face mask and I'm, I'm going nuts, you know, thinking that we've just tackled you. I didn't see the face mask at the time. And then, and then he just like, let's go. This is, you know, his, his instinct was to let go. And then all of a sudden Jalen's, you know, going big field return. And, and, uh, I thought I had a good angle on you. And like I mentioned earlier, you, I, I, I remember it clear as day. You, you, you turned to kind of see who was tracking you, look me dead in my eyes. Turned back towards the end zone and just like found another gear. And that was it. And I came off the field and I was gassed, like so tired. And I'm pretty sure you were in like, I mean, you probably went right back out onto the field, but I was, yeah. I mean, I, I, could, I probably sat on the bench for the next three series just trying to catch my breath. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. LSU Bama games always fun. That's right. So being at the draft is, is this week, you were the number six overall pick last year. You were at the draft, and uh, and and is that something that you had always wanted to do? Is that something that you know? You obviously you grow up watching the draft, and you see the guys walk out and get their jersey. Is that something that you had dreamt of doing? Honestly, I was in debates on did I want to like stay home and do something more and have more of my family there, or did I want to go to the actual draft? And you know, you can only have a select few. It was spe- it was during COVID, so it was real like strict on how many people you could bring. Um, but I was, I ultimately decided to go. I thought it was going to be a, a good experience. A lot of my teammates, um, was going. So I just wanted to go. It was something different and it was, it was a, it was a special night. When did you think that the NFL or when did you realize that the NFL and making it to playing on Sundays would be a real possibility for you? Like I never really like just thought I, I just, was just playing just because I enjoyed playing, to be honest. Like, I never was, like, thinking of the, like, next step until um, I started getting, like, offers and, and, and things like that. But until then, I was just I was just playing because I just enjoyed the game. I got one more question on the, on the draft. When you were there, obviously you said it was during COVID. What was it, what was it like being in that green room, you know, I, it looked like you guys were kind of sectioned off from, from the other players, which right. is different from in the past. Normally you're, you're just kind of at your own table and it's just a big open room and there's a right. phone, you know, phone on the table. What was it like? Was it quiet in there? Was it kind of awkward? Was it loud? You know, with all the different groups of people in there, what was that like? It was pretty quiet to be honest. Like it, it was pretty quiet. The room was, the room was actually like big because everybody had their own, you know, different space and stuff but it was actually pretty quiet then someone to get drafted and then they people go crazy loud and, and things like that but it was, it was it was pretty quiet i think a lot of a lot of players was nervous and just anxious to see where it was gonna go and then what was that moment like when you got the phone call it, it was special um it, it was real special um just just hearing the, the organization saying that we're gonna draft you and then seeing your name pop up on that screen and it, it was like, like, damn, like this is this, this actually happening. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I remember when I received my phone call from Mr. Greer, it was just, it was a moment that I just had to like, remember to breathe. It was, it was almost right. like I blacked out in that moment. I, I was, it was just all so surreal. Um, right. And, right. And that time flies. I mean, you're, you're looking back. It's, it's been, it's only been a year, but it, it, it's crazy probably to look back and think, man, like that, that. Was a, that was a year ago. 
for me, it's been, it's been two years now. And so, but you know, obviously wouldn't, wouldn't change it for the world. Um, last question that we have for you before we get into a couple of, uh, little fun, fun questions that we, we like to call short snaps. Uh, the last real question that we have is, uh, maybe a little more sentimental, maybe a little more thoughtful. What is your why? And, um, why do you do what you do? To, to give people that come from similar backgrounds to me and, and where I come from that, um, you can do it. Um, just the, the, the little things that, you know, we not fortunate to have growing up. We have to, you know, work for and we're going to find that special thing to, to get us to where we want to be and, and get the things that we, you know, didn't grow up having just do work. So I think, you know, giving that to giving back and giving guys, kids, um, especially, you know, just that, that sign of hope and that, that, that you can do it if you put your mind to it and, and hard work. Well, man, we really appreciate you, uh, taking the time, uh, today. Reed, we want to, we want to finish with a, with a few short snaps, a few fun, yep. fun questions for him. Hit him with yep. those. A couple, qu- couple short snaps here. Um, I know you've only played one year, but, um, you can give your best answer here. Uh, what is your favorite away stadium to play in? Vegas Stadium was nice. Vegas Stadium, I felt like you was in a nightclub in there. It, it, it was nice. <laughs> All right, and I'll go um, other end of the spectrum. What is your least favorite that you've played in so far? Least favorite? Say Buffalo. Say Buffalo. Say Buffalo. Least favorite? Probably. Uh... You can't say Buffalo until you've been up here in December. I ain't gonna lie, it's cold as hell. We went up there last. October. We went up there last last time. It was it was cold as hell. We went up there last time. I Tennessee, Tennessee. It was just a. It was. I don't even think it was like just the stadium. It was just the day was just so so nasty. It was a nasty day. We went from a Friday practice where it was like 87 degrees on New Year's Eve and played the game in Nashville. It was like 35 and spitting rain. We all had our jack, like the big coats on the I'm side. I'm like, I'm like, oh uh, yeah. So that, that Tennessee game was sucked. We've asked all of our guests this every episode to get their official opinion. But last year we played, we played at Kansas City. Uh, I think it was like week five, Sunday night football. And we had a long, we had, it was a, it was a little bit of a weather game in the second half, but at halftime, there was a long weather delay. So we had a long halftime. So we were hanging out in the hallway, eating some food, eating some, you know, some quick snacks. And I had a PB and J and I started talking to uh, Michelle Tafoya, the uh, NBC, you know, the sideline lady reporter. We kind of got into a discussion that there was too much peanut butter. On the sando, on the the sando, I call them sandos sandwiches. I need to know, and, and it eventually made its way onto the broadcast uh, somehow. I, and I didn't know until after the game. But uh, we need to know what is your ideal peanut butter and jelly ratio if you are making your own sandwich. Definitely seventy five percent peanut butter, twenty five percent jelly. Man, oh, I think that's one of the highest, Blake. I think that's I think one so. of the highest we've heard. Yeah, yep. usually it's like 60-40. Most are around 60-40. Nah. It's too I much jelly like for you. It. It's too much damn jelly. Like 75-25. Jalen said he wants a peanut butter sticking to the roof of his mouth. <laughs> Gain that weight. That's right. 
Well, man, we really appreciate you coming on. This has been an absolute blast for us. Um, obviously the NFL draft coming up this week. Uh, your buddy Jamison Williams is, is going to be selected hopefully on Thursday night. Uh, we'll be tuning in. Hopefully you will too. Well, a big thank you to Jalen for joining us on the pod today. Reed, I, I just loved, uh, when he was talking about his why there at the end, he talked about, you know, where he came from and, and, uh, just being able to provide hope and, just being able to give back to his community there in Houston. I, I just think that's so awesome. He's such a fun guy to have around in the locker room and he's going to be fun to watch for years to come. That was great to have him on. He did a great job, gave a lot of uh, insightful answers. I definitely am going to need to see the results of this, uh, this race that he said is, is hopefully going to happen. I'm sure somebody from the Dolphins uh, media department will have eyes on that uh, at some point in the near future. Hopefully eyes and a camera. Maybe we can get it worked out to do some sort of charity uh, event where it's, you know, it's set up and there's some sponsors and things like that. That would be really, really cool. Well, that is a wrap on this week's episode of After the Snap. Thank you all for joining us. We had such a good time with Jalen on the pod today. Keep checking back to see who we have on next time. You can now follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel. Follow us on social media at After the Snap Pod. We will be putting out full-length episodes on YouTube as well as some video content on Instagram and Twitter. Look in all of those places for all of the content that you want to consume. This has been After the Snap, Tales from Two Brothers Who Live Life upside down.